after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages, the podcast all about TV commercials. We talk about the best ones, we talk about the worst ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Are you unhappy with how you're cleaning your ears? My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm happy with the way I'm cleaning my ears. Genevieve Has is your co-host, my co-host, our co-host. Genevieve, are you unhappy with the way you're cleaning your ears? No, I'm, I'm very satisfied. I'm glad we were able to get that out of the way right at the top. All right, coming up today, a show that so far... I'm calling. We may come up with a better title, but we're calling it Lies, Damn Lies, and Health Food Commercials. This was your idea. You got a real, this one really frosts your Nutellas. <laughs> That's right. I think it's because I'm sort of on a new, I'm trying to eat healthier. And um, when you're trying to eat healthier, um, all the unhealthy food just seems to be inescapable in your line of sight. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's been my experience. So I think I've been thinking a little bit about some of these commercials for, for processed foods and, and packaged foods that uh, either implicitly or explicitly in some cases try to present themselves as being part of a healthy, de- balanced diet mm-hmm. when they are anything but. So okay. we'll, we'll get into a few of those. Okay, good. And you put that all together. So I will be experiencing that for the first time, just like the listener. I'm looking forward to that. Also, we have a commercials in the news that we're going to do. Um, let's see. How can I tease this? I will say a, a real company, a company everybody has heard of is actually going to start using an ad campaign that started off as a fake ad campaign. A campaign that originally was created by some TV writers and was never to actually see the light of day. Um, Tell you all about that. Plus, Ad Council. What's up in the Ad Council today? Anything special that stands out? Uh, We've got some good feedback from the listeners as usual, uh, including... Some back and forth around the the famous Doctor Doctor song that we've that we've been playing. The famous, the beloved Doctor Doctor song. Well, I, I stopped short of saying beloved because it's uh it's polarizing. Would you say it's a sequel? Sequel. <laughs> oh, and we have a sequel, so brace yourselves. All right, um, let's start by talking about food commercials. You are what you eat, from your head down to your feet. Things like meat and eggs and fish you need to build up muscle tissue. Uh oh. Hello, appetite control, more protein. All these motors in your body need a lot of fuel to go on, like carbohydrates, fats and proteins, vitamins, and so on. What's left over forms the building blocks you need, indeed, to grow on. Another yes, uh, another song aimed at children. I know, I feel like we're, we're really uh, shifting the focus of our show to just like, what are the most annoying songs for children? Do you remember this growing no, up? Well, you don't remember this at all? Really? No, what is it? Oh, I wish I was showing you the video of it. That was one of those, um, like, kind of a PSA type of thing. It was Yeah, I mean, I could tell from the lyrics. Along the same lines as the Schoolhouse Rock, only yeah. it wasn't Schoolhouse Rock. Well, I think that's the same guy who did the cheese. You don't remember the, um, and now I got to do it, uh, PSA 1970s cheese. Just tell me if this uh, rings a bell to you. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Time for timer. Do you ever get that hungry feeling after school? Boy, I do. I'm so hungry, I could eat a wagon wheel. 
When I'm slow on the draw and I need something to chaw, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. Does that ring a bell to you? Yeah, I think I've seen it kind of repurposed, you know, by hipsters. But the, <laughs> but the one about the other foods didn't ring a bell. Yes, yeah, the same guy. What I find interesting there is he says, do you get hungry after school? He says, I do, which makes me think that this weird creature actually goes to school. Which is, it, I mean, it adult, seems older. Adult education is a very real thing. That, that's true. He's like coming back from night class, I suppose. Um, so what's up first? I made a little joke that I was very proud of. I said it really frosts your Nutella, which <laughs> really doesn't even work as a joke. No. It's really bad. Um, but that is what kind of kicked this off, right? I swear we were watching TV and a Nutella commercial came on. And you started grumbling and griping at the TV. Well, I sound like a delight, uh, first of all. I love you, sweetie. Um, yeah, Nutella is Nutella is the uh, is probably the the most current culprit of this right now. Um, it, Nutella, for those who aren't familiar, is a chocolate like s- sweet chocolate spreadable uh, s- you know spread that you can put on anything. It's got a, a hazelnut flavor, and. You're actually right, though. You, I noticed you kind of subtly correct me. You're kind of walking in the middle. They pronounce it Nutella, and I always forget that because it's. I always associate it with nuts, so I think it's Nutella, but I'm totally wrong on that, although I think they're wrong to pronounce it the way they do. Well, you know, that's their name. It's, it's their, their name, it's their and their so I will admit spread. that I'm I mean, the excuse one Excuse me, yeah. their hazelnut spread, because right. they assiduously avoid the word chocolate. Uh, why don't you play this? And I've got a lot of complaints about this one, but this is very much, there's a whole campaign around this idea of like, this is a way that you can get your kids to eat breakfast. Um, and so it's often the mom, I think maybe exclusively the mom, talking to the camera about how this uh, spread gets her kids to come to the breakfast table in the morning. My family to eat breakfast? I need all the help I can get. That's why I like Nutella. Mom, what's the capital of West Virginia? Charleston. Nutella is a delicious hazelnut spread my whole family loves. She's actually saying Nutella, so that's good for me. Okay. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm going to go back to the My beginning. family to eat breakfast? I need all the help I can get. That's why I like Nutella. Mom, what's the capital of West Virginia? Charleston. Nutella is a delicious hazelnut spread my whole family loves. Mom, have you seen my pack? Nutella goes great on whole wheat toast or whole grain waffles. And its great taste comes from a unique combination of simple ingredients like hazelnuts, skim milk, and a hint of cocoa. Uh, Have you seen my... Yes. And thank you. So right at the right at the end there, um, you see the she feeds her her kids, sends them off to school with their backpacks and their homework. Her husband heads off to his job outside the home, which uh, he obviously which she obviously doesn't have, uh, and gets her his keys and his slice of uh, toast with Nutella on it. And you get a little bit of a to harken back to one of our old themes, kind of. Uh, what did you call them? Uh, wife mommies and dad babies or whatever. Uh, man like, babies and mommy wives. Man baby. He's like, have yeah. you seen my, like, she's got to like, make sure the kids found their backpacks and know it's, the answers to their, to their uh, quiz questions. And, oh, the husband, where's my briefcase? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty retrograde in that respect alone. But what drives me crazy about that is when they list, the, when she lists the ingredients, sh- they show the ingredients like these beautiful hazelnuts spilling out of a, a jar um, milk and a hint of cocoa. Two <laughs> words you never hear during that commercial, chocolate and sugar. Yeah. Uh, that Nutella is basically chocolate and sugar. It has a hazelnut flavor and I'm sure there is milk involved in the making of it, <laughs> but it is chocolate spread. It is hot fudge basically that you put on toast and it's delicious okay i lived in europe for a year it was great we had it on everything i gained a ton of weight 
But Nutella is not good for you. It is sugar. So it just drives me crazy the way they dance around these words like um, natural ingredients made from simple ingredients. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, a lot of ingredients are simple and they're still terrible for you. I'm looking here at um, this, uh, let's see, an article. It looks like it's maybe from a... um some sort of a scholarly journal, would you say? You'd look at more scholarly journals than I do. Uh, it's This is from, oh, this is just from a couple of days ago. Nutella Unmasked by Dr. Mercola. Who's Dr. Mercola? Okay, this is sketchy right now. Uh, I'm not going to read it. I thought, I thought it actually was going to take a look at what's in there, but it looks like it's actually in the pocket of big Nutella. All you have to know, all you have to look at to know how bad Nutella is for you is to look at the list of ingredients, which the first of which is sugar. That's the main ingredient in Nutella. Two tablespoons of Nutella uh, contains the equivalent of five teaspoons of sugar. Um, Let's see here. There's no reason breakfast can't be healthy uh, and delicious, but serving up sugar, modified vegetable oils, and processed chocolate in the morning just isn't the way to go. I like the idea of this commercial really saying, mothers, how are you going to get your kids to eat breakfast? Well, Feed them candy. (laughs) Feed them candy? Yeah. That will definitely get them to the table. Hey, you know what, Genevieve? I like candy for breakfast. (laughs) I love candy for dinner. What about you? Okay. Um, what's up next? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to get a lot of kind of breakfast stuff, right? Yeah. I'm just predicting this. No, it's it's so, it's it's rampant in the breakfast food industry. Um, in the breakfast community. Yes. Uh, like, it's frosted mini wheats. It's Eggo waffles. It's, um, you know, it's basically every cereal that Kellogg makes. Now, they claim them. They, you're not just complaining that these are unhealthy things to feed your kids. You're saying that frosted mini wheats is actually making a claim that it's healthy? Well, I will say this for a lot of these Kellogg cereals. They have been called on the carpet so much for making these claims about being part of a complete and nutritious breakfast over the years that it's harder and harder to find an example of a breakfast cereal where it's explicit. It's often telegraphed in certain ways. Like they use, there are words that get used and you can find you can find all these words, you know, throughout advertising, but things like wholesome, whole grain, um, natural. Um, yeah, what does wholesome even mean in yeah, the, in no, the I mean, context not of food? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing meaningful. And a lot of these words that you hear associated with food, particularly like um, like cereals and grains and stuff like that that involve a lot of carbs, they, they rely on these ideas of like whole grains, which in and of itself isn't bad, but it's like, well, it's a whole grain that's like paired with a ton of sugar and fat and... You know, it it's not about it's not about like that there's one healthy ingredient in a food. It's like what's the main ingredient in the food. Right. People should just do what I do, which is eat a bunch of those pickled eggs that you find in dive bars for breakfast. Like eat five of those every morning, you're good to go. I mean it is a good protein source. Smoke a cigarette, yeah. eat five of those, probably have a shot because you're at the bar anyway. They that's the only place you can get the eggs. Like okay, so I'll give you an example. We've talked about um I think we've talked about Crave cereal on this show before. If not, um, it's it's a they're fairly frequent commercials. They're from Kellogg's Crave commer- Crave cereal. For those who don't know, is like a cereal shell, like some kind of grain, you know, shell, and inside is just chocolate, just basically chocolate sauce, like like Nutella. You can agree that that's not health food but they don't market it as health food they do market Mm -hmm. it as a breakfast cereal which i think is ludicrous that anyone would eat that for breakfast i mean people eat something called cookie crisp for breakfast but right i mean you know there's been chocolate cereals from from 
you know, forever. And there's, you know, you can also go get an egg McMuffin. That's no better for you. So, yeah, there's unhealthy food and people eat it all the time for lots of different things. And as long as it sort of calls itself what it is, I don't have a huge beef with it. Like, I love junk food. I'm not too proud to admit it. But don't tell me that that this is, you know, that these are health foods. So I want you to play this one. This is uh, Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. Now, it's very old. And it illustrates, like, what it, what they used to try to get away with. And then, and they actually got in trouble for this. I think um, uh, some kind of regulating body kind of cracked down on them about this. Um, but this is what they try to, what they used to try to get away with. And now you hear them, it's more like Nutella where it's like natural ingredients, simple. But this was just like straight up, you know, BS. Whole grain wheat helps make Kellogg's mini wheats very nutritious. Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats is a shredded wheat cereal that's good for you. And it really, really tastes good, too. Kellogg's Frosted and Apple Frosted Mini Wheat Cereals. Little biscuits lightly sweet made of crunchy wheat. Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats has the nutrients of whole grain wheat. It's really, really, really fun to eat. Shredded wheat. <laughs> I'm sold. I mean, I think for a long time, the fact that the words nutritious and delicious rhymed was a real boon to the <laughs> cereal industry. I want to tell you a quick story. Um, uh, by the way, I, I have to point out, I'm thinking of something here. Uh, do you remember this I uh, do. John Belushi, this fake ad from Saturday Night Live with John Belushi? I it's do. like some sort of Breakfast of Champions spoof. John Belushi is on his way to a gold medal in the decathlon. They're setting the bar at seven feet. Here's his approach. Of course, the joke at this point is just that John Belushi's kind of out of shape guy. But he's somehow winning at all of these decathlon events. I logged a lot of miles training for that day, and I downed a lot of donuts. Little chocolate donuts. They taste good, and they've got the sugar I need to get me going in the morning. Now the, so he's sitting next to a box that looks like a cereal box, only it's filled with little chocolate donuts. And the best thing is, though, he's smoking a cigarette. That's why little chocolate donuts have been on my training table since I was a kid. Little chocolate donuts. The donuts of champions. <laughs> the donuts of champions. Maybe we could sh- should change the show title to that today. Um, can I tell you a quick story from my youth? Yes. Um, when I was a kid, my family was very strict about uh, not letting us eat sugar cereal, which is a little bit crazy because like, I grew up in a family where... My mom made me uh, salami sandwiches with butter on them. Mm-hmm. You know, so there were some things we were doing. We didn't know that, butter was bad for us back know, then. Yeah, she called it health spread. Um, <laughs> uh, she said it makes all the cholesterol you just know, no squeeze joke. Mar- right through Margarines your- are very... I didn't grab any margarine... Um, uh, camp commercials, but margarines are really guilty of trying to present themselves as oh, health right. spreads. Yeah. Which yeah, they're basically just those. as bad for you as real butter. But uh, anyway, so we were a very non-sugar cereal family, unless we're on vacation, and then we were allowed to get the little travel packs, and we would have Fruit Loops, and that's a very fond memory of me. Like, for me, Fruit Loops will always be associated with vacation. 
I think that's kind of a typical story for a lot of people. But here's where I always used to bogart the Cocoa Krispies when you're on vacation or just see this. I'm glad you brought up Cocoa Krispies because that's exactly what I'm getting at. So the um, the the cereals we usually ate as kids were um, Cheerios, um, the uh, Rice Krispies, Kicks, kid tested, mother approved. Um, and, uh, what, what's the hexagonal, hexagonal ones I still eat, uh, Crispix. I like that. And maybe a couple other, but again, no sugar, but because, um, uh, Rice Krispies were in the, in the lot, somehow Cocoa Krispies got snuck under the, under the fence too. So our whole family, no, we never ate sugar cereal, but what's with that Cocoa Crispy box I see in your cupboard? You're like, yeah, those are Rice Krispies, bro. Like, I don't know how we got away with it, but we were allowed to eat one of the most sugary, chocolatey yeah. cereals I, possible. I'm jealous. I mean, I, like, I'll like i still, uh, for a special treat, have Cocoa Krispies. God, I haven't had it in forever. Of course, the real... Did they ever do an advertisement or a campaign around... What's the very first thing you think of when you think of uh, Cocoa Krispies? Um... I don't know. What? I could be wrong. I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, it turned the milk into chocolate milk, right? Like, that was what we talked about then. I feel like as adults looking back, you hear that, yeah, oh, my God, it turned the milk into chocolate milk. I wonder if they ever made a uh, uh, ad campaign around that. I guess not, because then maybe you're just still, like, kind of solidifying in parents' heads that you're basically giving, giving your kids, kids chocolate, chocolate milk. and chocolate milk. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's also sort of like a... I think that might might have been somewhat disgusting to adults. It might the have idea been of like is the milk is a little bit warm by the time it gets to the. I bottom don't know. They yeah. they had their Cocoa Krispies did have its own campaign. Like they had their its own cartoon characters. Yeah. In addition to Snap Crackle and Pop. Should we? I know that we have. To, this is your show, and I'm totally destroying it. Um, should we just see if we can find an old Cocoa Krispies commercial though on the fly here and sure. see if uh, see see what their selling points are? Let's see. Oh yeah, like there was a chocolate monkey. There's something unpleasantly colonial about this. Yeah, right. I was trying to think. Am I super? Am I just? Am I just offended by everything? Is this what happens? Is this why I saw somebody tweeted something the other day? Like, hey, liberals, this is why nobody ever wants to join your side. And they were actually referring to that viral video that went around recently, where people were kind of finding ways to be outraged about the 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 father who tried to push his little daughter off the screen while he was doing a live interview. Most people probably know what I'm talking about. And somebody who I actually respect tweeted like, liberals, this is why nobody wants to join your yeah, side I, anymore. And I guess I'm like, yeah, but I, I guess not. Like, I'd rather just be, well, I don't know why I'm bringing this up now, but like, I guess I'm 100% a no fun Nick when a Cocoa Krispies commercial makes me think of <laughs> a, a, a negative just, it's, time it's in it's always history. It's always like a privileged white person who's telling you that you're being too sensitive. That is true. This was a so uh, white male, so a white loved, straight male. Who, I, I'll uh, take that seriously, just like I'll take libertarianism more seriously when it's not uh, white guy telling me about it. Okay, I'm sorry for hijacking your show. So let's uh, move on off of cereal here. Um, all right, we'll we'll do one more breakfast thing, and okay. this is just um, I think this is a pretty egregious example. This is for um, Eggo Waffles Nutrigrain Edition. Okay. Um, and so what you see here are two little kids. They're getting ready for school in the morning. They're cleaning up in the bathroom, and their mom comes running in, and she's like dressed. This is a couple years old now, so it's probably not on the air anymore. But their mom comes in. She's like dressed in workout gear. 
and they know that what that means, they mean she's on a health kick. Hey, you kids almost ready? I've got breakfast waiting for you. Uh-oh. What? When mom's on a health kick, all of us are. And now she's made us breakfast. Uh-oh. Ego Nutrigrain Waffles. You know it's made with 8 grams of whole grain and is a good source of fiber. All they know is it tastes great. Ego Nutrigrain Waffles. Do you want to know why those waffles taste great? Um, it's the butter and sh- it's the butter and syrup. It's not. The, you didn't even give me time to. It's sass not the you. waffle. Yeah, the waffle by itself. I did a little research on this today because I was like, I don't know about this. The waffle itself is really, you know, not that bad for you. It's it's basically like better than a regular waffle with the whatever like whole grains they've got in there. But let me be clear, when they show those kids and the mom and dad having the waffle in the morning, it's drenched in butter and syrup. So it's really no better for you. Just throw some Nutella And on nobody's there. eating a dry waffle. What about Nutella? You can. The health food there Nutella. actually is a, I don't know if it's Eggo or Nutella, but one of them does do a commercial where they combine the two. By the way, I think there should be more crossover advertising. More, you know, like synergistic, like... We have a product that complements your product. Like Geico's done some of that. Yeah, we could do a show maybe based on that theme where people are doing it. But what I'd rather do is encourage the industry to find more places to do it. Because I think like, you know, do a Nutella with Eggo. I I I almost always call them Legos. Because, well, it was a very effective ad campaign. Lego my Eggo. But I don't know if you're telling me, was that an actual cross-promotion? I can't remember which which. Uh, product did it and if they called out specifically the other mm-hmm. the other product but I remember seeing very clearly it was like one of those overhead shot where like here's a bunch of things you can do with this product and I think it was waffles because it was like here's here's a waffle that's like dressed up with kiwi here's a waffle that's you know dressed with you know syrup and whatever here's one with strawberries here's one with like what was clearly nutella you and i talked about that early on because we talked about how it was very inspired by those viral videos that were going around especially a lot last year i I just liked on facebook the bon appetit facebook thing just so i could get more of those like quick recipe videos so you're kind of following now the the quick recipe it's always like the just the the steady shot single shot directly above the food as it's being prepared i love it i I mean it's a really cool i will watch them all day and think like, oh, I could make mac and cheese. Okay, here's where the show is going to get really tough for me because I'm really hungry and I see <laughs> that we have some KFC up next. And I don't, KFC is not my preferred fried chicken. But, but you'll do, it'll do in a pinch? It's preferred to me not eating fried chicken. <laughs> well, this is from about, this is from a, quite a long time ago. And um, I remember this in the news. And although it's certainly no longer in circulation, I think it's worth talking about because it's probably um, the most the most egregious example in advertising history. In around 2003, um, KFC started a campaign called You Gotta KFC What's Cooking," And as a big part of that campaign, this was back when like right around the time that um, low carb was becoming a thing, like people didn't really, hadn't really thought about that or it wasn't like part of like the mainstream dieting culture until mm-hmm. then. But it was, I guess, around the time like Atkins and South Beach became very popular and low-carb, high-protein diets became kind of something that people were thinking a lot about. KFC unwisely tried to hitch their wagon to this train. 
Because I mean, they are they are high protein, right? They're and, also high in carbohydrates. Right. They are drenched in flour. Yeah, of course. And also grease. fried in grease. Yeah, yeah. But they so they they did this campaign that was all about how it's like a, a kind of a, a health food, and it was so completely over the top that they actually got uh, in trouble. Um, they had to pull the ad because uh, let's see, I forget which regulating body. Oh, FTC, the Federal Trade Commission was like, oh hell no. I think I might even remember this. So you found one of these old so commercials. I, they're hard to find because, as you can imagine, in the uh, thirteen years, fourteen years since these came out, um, KFC's worked pretty hard to scrub them from the internet. <laughs> but this is one of a, a husband and a wife. The husband's sitting in his Barco lounger. Watching TV. I like the way this is a very dumb. Looking at the still shot, it's a very dumpy apartment, isn't it? Is that going to play into it? It's no, it's not really. I mean, it's just. I think it was a different time. Because look at like the. It's very suburban. It's very suburban, and of course, this is. I mean, I guess we're talking early '90s here. Um, And you know, he's just 2003. Oh, it's 2003. Yeah. See, I doesn't does this? uh, Because I was going to say that the in. Interior decoration of the set I'm looking at looks it's very just, uh, 80s, and and he's yeah his Barker Lounge is like it's very well worn in. He's sunken into it, and the um, what do you call it? The ottoman next to him is one of those old leather ottomans, but it looks like it's even cracked on the top. Am I overthinking this? Well, I think it's all. I mean, every nothing's accidental, right? I mean, I think it's supposed to be sending a signal about sort of middle to lower middle class, um, which is probably their target audience. And his wife comes in with a bucket of chicken and starts lecturing him about health food. Hey, honey. Hey. Remember how we talked about eating better? Eye roll. It starts today. She puts a bucket of chicken in front of him. Two original recipe chicken breasts have less fat than a BK Whopper. I'll go skinless for just three grams of fat per piece. And now get a 12-piece bucket of kitchen fresh chicken for just $9.99. No, I'm doing this for you. Mm. For a fresh way to eat better, you got to KFC what's cooking. Just shameless. You are going to tell me I'm wrong, and you'll probably be right. But is that actress somebody we know? I don't recognize her. Oh, my gosh. I swear she's in something that we watch all the time. Okay, I'm going to do a quick internet on this. I'll pause the show if this goes on for too long. Uh, KFC... I mean, this is going to be really hard because they pulled these ads. Oh, I know who I think it is. Is this the woman who re- who is the replacement woman on Monk? I don't think so. She's too old. Okay. All right. I had to throw it out there. Um, yeah, the eye roll is... I mean, I'm not a huge fan, again, of the kind of like harpy wife sort of situation. Yeah, no, I don't care for anything about this. But mostly it is just... What were, I mean... Well, they're comparing it to other fast food, which I will give them credit for that. Like, okay, if you're going to try to make your thing seem relatively healthier, sure, compare it to Burger King. They're yeah, not comparing it to like... Sort of, but this was part of a larger campaign. This was not, this was just the one that I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, it was It was just so completely beyond the pale. Uh, they had two spots that were that were in this. Uh, in this campaign, uh, one of them was like a buddy trying to convince his friend to eat healthier using <laughs> by getting him to eat uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, um, and they just got they got in a lot of trouble. And I think that it, I think it was a real case of like overreach because I think it actually drove a lot of negative press for them. Now, Coke, this is one this the one that I was kind of looking into a little bit today. Did you watch this commercial or have you seen it before? Yeah, I hadn't seen it before, but um I it is You watch it today. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, so Coke has been 
especially in the last like five to ten years, keeps on trying to reinvent itself as like a healthier option. It's crazy how they're doing it. They're doing it through less advertising and more like kind of PR yes. uh, types of things and creating like. I think they're funding various uh, health research things. They're terrified things. of a tobacco-like exactly. lawsuit and settlement exactly. or regulation. And so they're trying to get in front Not of that. Not that they have to worry about it for the remainder of this administration. <laughs> and um, there won't be any bodies to regulate pretty no. soon. So um, don't worry about regulating our bodies. Huh? What? I'm really tired, by the I way. I can tell. <laughs> I am loopy as hell today. Uh, but this is actually um, an ad... The only one I could find, this ran in the UK. I don't know if it ran here in the States. This was from 2013. Now, just for the record, I just found an article from like a month ago saying that Coca-Cola is once again starting some effort to try to claim it's healthy. And it's just bullshit. Uh, this was a specific um, campaign that happened back in 2013. I think it was around the same time they started releasing a Coca-Cola in the green bottles. Right. It's called Coke Life. And I'm not exactly sure what the deal is. I think it, that are. one is made, and uh, I, you, we may want to fact check me here, but I, I think that's maybe made with like um, cane sugar instead of, instead of corn syrup. Oh, okay. Kind of like what they call uh, Mexican, Mexican pep- Coke or, or Mexican-, Me- Mexican Coke. Yeah, that's what they call it here. Like, uh, or, or no, I'm these- sorry. I take that back. I misspoke. It's uh, reduced calorie, reduced calorie Coke with stevia. Oh, okay. Ugh, I hate the taste of stevia. Um, I'll drink my coffee black. I love, I love a Splenda in a coffee, but uh, if I have to put stevia in it, I'll drink it black. I always get those confused. Here's Coke's kind of approach to this, though. I might have misspoke when I said they're trying to sell Coke as a health product. They're trying to sell. A, a healthier lifestyle that right. Coke is. There's been a, part a lot of. of marketing around Coke of like if like the, you'll see like uh, print ads and things and and you know bus wraps and stuff that show like you can have a real Coke if uh, you you know jogged a mile today, but if you didn't, maybe you should have a diet Coke or one of those tiny little Cokes that you get on on a you know in a mini fridge. Yeah, and what I'm I'm going to try to describe this ad. It's long, it's complicated. There are uh, no words, so I'm gonna I'm not going to narrate it because I think I'll get go down a rabbit hole with that. But if I can describe it, um, it's actually pretty beautifully shot. It's a minute long ad that is split screen right down the middle. And what's happening on the left hand side is a man going through his day in like say the year 1963 or something like that. You think that's about the right Yeah, era? it looks sort of Mad Manny. Kind of Mad Manny. Uh, on the right, you see a modern man going through his day. And it's very clear that this is kind of, that these two men are paralleling each other's day from waking up in the morning, the modern man is just kind of like shoving some food down his face on the go, uh, whereas the old timey guy is sitting down to breakfast with his wife. Um, and the modern guy is going to work and he's talking on the phone while he's driving in traffic and he just seems stressed out and unhappy while the man on the left, the old timey man is riding a bicycle to work and, um, living in, still living an urban life, but it just seems more much healthy. The image that really stands out to me is it's lunchtime and the man on the right is stressed out, eating at work, shoving a huge sandwich in his mouth. The old, the, the oldy timey guy on the left is sitting on a park bench enjoying the out of doors on, a, on his lunch break and eating a very moderate homemade uh, like Wonder Bread sandwich like two pieces of Wonder Bread two slices of bologna right. and probably some mayonnaise on there really driving home this idea that 
in today's culture, we're always just, we're basically living an unhealthy lifestyle. Oh, another one, at night, the modern man and his modern wife are like eating, <laughs> the modern man and his modern wife are eating like, uh, I think, it's not takeout food, it's like a microwave dish food while they're in bed or something like that, whereas the man on the left is sitting down having a nice dinner with his wife, but it's pasta and, so- and sauce, and we look at where we are today, and yes, we're stressed out and stuff like that, but I think that most people would say we are way more health conscious than our grandparents' generation was. Uh, that really depends on, I guess we're more health conscious. conscious. Whether or not we obey yeah. what we know is better for us. I mean, we're much, much fatter as a people. Yes, absolutely. But I, I, th- I think this idea of, well, back in the day, we sat down to a dinner and it was home cooked. Yeah, but it was home cooked in lard and all of these these things and my mom putting butter on bologna sandwiches, right? And the whole point of this ad is... As a matter of fact, let's just play a little bit of it, and I'll try to skip ahead to the kind of the um, the the log line here. It's not unusual to be mad with anyone. It's not unusual. To then it says, "Live like Grandpa anyone. did. Move more. Eat well. And what was the last one? Take it easy." And so they're basically trying to say, look how healthy we were back in the day. I just don't buy that at all. I just think it's such. I think the whole premise is malarkey. That what that we are that they people weren't healthier then. I just think it's making up scenarios that don't. Okay, yes, there were more sitting down to home cooked meals, but I do think that those home cooked meals were much less healthy, possibly, or at least much less health healthy than they're being portrayed here. Just by virtue of sitting down with your wife to eat a meal does not make that meal more healthy. The most egregious one is this idea that, oh, grandpa rode his bike to work. Grandpa didn't ride his fucking bike to work. (laughs) How did he get there? You know, like people of our generation living in the city ride their bike to work way more than our grandparents' generation did. Um, And, you know, sitting on a park bench just enjoying a sandwich, that just seems so, yeah, that's wonderful. That seems really idealistic to me, but I don't think that that was the average way grandpa ate his sandwiches. I just think the whole thing is based on this just totally made up premise and then by the way at the very end the split screen goes away and we see the young modern man taking a walk with his now elderly grandfather it's no longer a a, um, a flashback on that side of the screen so i don't know if that if any of that even made sense if you haven't seen the commercial but we'll, I, we'll it, post it, it. it galls me i think that this is pretty galling i think that it it does set up a bunch of false equivalencies it um assumes uh, and both both men in in the past and the present are are very healthy looking. They're very very thin, at least. Um, and Coke never is never willing to just grapple with the fact that it is sugar water and it is terrible for you. Sometimes I think they get close when they have done some of these campaigns, like I said, that were more around like, when should you have a 12 ounce Coke? And when should you maybe not have a 12 ounce Coke? Or they try to, you know, integrate some of their, like they, they sell bottled water. I think Aquafina mm-hmm. is yeah. their, uh, is their, their water. So they're trying to like make their suite of products more, more kind of front and center and, and mix it up a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, their signature product, the thing that everybody knows about them is a bottle or can of full sugar Coke. And it is probably like one of the worst things you can put in your body. And I, you know, I had one this weekend and it tasted great, 
but it is not health food and it is not part of a balanced meal. Yeah. And that that's kind of thing. Part of a balanced breakfast, right? That I mean, obviously not Coke, but that very famous phrase that we heard all the time growing up, part of a balanced breakfast. Well, anything can be part of a balanced breakfast. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to add one little sort of uh, side note, sidebar to this discussion about Coke. This is from listener uh, Melisande, who uh, who posted this on the Facebook page. Uh, and I think it's not about how Coke is, is a part of a healthy meal or healthy lifestyle choices. Uh, but I do think it's sort of uh, adjacent to it. She writes, I just heard the most hilarious radio spot for Coca-Cola and food. And I've heard this too, and it made me have the same reaction. Uh, wow, way to cover all of your bases there, Coke. You know what pairs well with food? A Coke, apparently. And that's what... Wait, hold on. I don't understand this. So the commercial actually just says, Coke, it goes well with food, or they it's, list a bunch they of They list foods. a bunch of foods. Oh. What goes well with chicken? What goes well with ice cream? What goes well with steak? What goes well with a hot dog? I mean, it's just like a bunch of random, fairly random mm-hmm. foods. And then they just say, like, with each one, you know, a Coke would be great with this. Like... Isn't that see? I'm not. I'm not appalled by that. I, I haven't seen it or heard you it. You really need to hear but it. But it just sort of sounds to me like actually, isn't that a little bit clever? Isn't that a little bit um, Don Drapery sort of just saying that like, yeah, it goes well with everything. That's the point. Maybe that's the point of it or the intention of it, but it doesn't come across that way. It really comes across like they're just sort of grasping at straws. Like they they, it's it's presented in this way of like, um, we've come up with these really interesting pairings for you. Um, like oh, like they're like, a Coca-Cola oh, you know, sommelier. You know what goes great with you know a nice piece of tilapia is a Savignon Blanc, and it's like no, they're just saying Coke is something you should eat at every meal. Right. I just remembered something that I kind of want to tell you about. You know, it's so funny. I have this memory from um, from my youth, and it's it's totally advertising related. And I think about it so often, and it's one of those things that is like a made up fact about a product that you're again I sort of feel it's very Don Drapery it was a made-up fact about a product that in my young mind I thought it was I thought I'd been wrong all along or something like that and it was a commercial for potatoes you know how the like potato farmers or whatever mm-hmm. will air those things the potato council the potato oh so the potato council got to you too <laughs> um and it showed a bunch of plates with all different uh, of all different kind of levels of class. Let's say a hamburger with fries, a steak with a nice mashed potato next to it, all kinds of various foods with a potato. And everybody is taking a bite of the potato first, whatever it is. The plate comes, you take a bite of the fry first. The steak comes, you take the the mashed potatoes first, or the or baked potato, whatever it is. And they do a whole montage of it. And the whole point was, it's the first thing you eat off your plate. And I remember being a kid and being like, yeah, but wait, maybe I don't. And then for a while, I did. Like, because I saw that it planted itself in my brain so much, I will still to this day when somebody puts a plate in front of me think, I guess I should eat the potato first. Or is this something that other people think about or do? Like, I just have this mini, like, half a second argument in my head about whether people do eat the potatoes first or not. I never saw that campaign. I should look it up. I won't do it on the fly now because I've done that too much this show already. Um, but, yeah, it's just so, it's sort of weird that you and I have 
been together for 16 years. We talk about so much minutia. We talk about commercial campaigns all the time yeah, on the podcast and off. It. Yet somehow that's just one of those things that's so internalized in me. It didn't even, it's not even a talking. It's just like part of my DNA now, sort of this quick little thing that, that goes into my brain every time somebody puts a plate of food in front of me, if that's got potatoes on it. All right. Well, speaking of uh, Don Draper, can we just get into these uh, commercials in the news? Commercials in the so i mentioned this at the top of the show i try to be really coy in the way i described it uh the headline here is that heinz ketchup is employing a um an ad campaign that started as a fake ad campaign pitched on the show Mad Men. And turned down. And turned down. This wasn't even an ad campaign that ended up seeing the light of day on Mad Men. Um, I'm going to play for you the audio of Don Draper uh, pitching this to the client. And I just want to say a quick thanks to Catherine who posted this on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought this was fascinating. I saw this on, on Facebook today, in our group today. Again, check it out after these messages uh, show in the Facebook groups. Um So the idea of this campaign is that you show a bunch of foods... This reminds me of the potato one sort of I was talking about. You you just show a bunch of foods that don't have ketchup on it, but probably should. And it just says, pass the Heinz. So you'll see just a picture of a burger and fries, but there's no ketchup in sight. And then pass the Heinz. And it's, a, and it's being pitched here as a um, print campaign. Um, so it's very, very simple. So let's start with the audio of Don Draper pitching this to the clients. It's clean. It's simple, and it's tantalizingly incomplete. What's missing? One thing. Pass the Heinz. You mean the Heinz ketchup? It's Heinz. It only means one thing. It feels like half an ad. The greatest thing you have working for you is not the photo you take or the picture you paint. It's the imagination of the consumer. They have no budget. They have no time limit. And if you can get into that space, your ad can run all day. Well, Pete, you said I'd say it. It's pretty bold work. I think I still want to see our bottle. It's a testament to ketchup that there can be no confusion. Let me chew on it, fellas. You're going to be thinking of ketchup all day. And you didn't even see it. I like that scene. One problem with Don Draper for me, not grandiose enough. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it is a good scene, and uh, it's actually an interesting ad campaign. And so now Heinz is uh, is actually going to employ it in a limited way um, in some print ads and some billboards and stuff like that. Uh, I have this is one of those stories that was longer than I thought when I first started reading it. And I, I read the beginning, and I'm really liking it. And so few articles turn me from happy to angry over the course of reading them. Because I thought, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> like, you know, you have the Mad Men tie-in. You're getting, you're immediately creating buzz by just having this connection. And, and it's a good campaign. And it's a good campaign. Um, but then they continue to get too cute by half with it. Like the credits for the actual ad. You know, every commercial has credits, director, writers, all the actors, etc. And like Don Draper and um, what's his, what's the creator's name? Matt Weiner? Matt Weiner. Weiner, I think. Uh, I think it's Weiner. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
they are considered uh they they're credited as co-writers on it. I'm just like, well, Don Draper isn't a real guy. And then yeah, in the press I mean, that- release, like all the people are kind of saying, This idea was great fifty years ago, but now the time is rising. No, it didn't fucking but, exist fifty years ago. But you're getting you're getting mad about a joke that is directed at a tiny percentage of, of ad wonks, frankly, like ourselves, who read Ad Week. Most of the people who see this campaign are not going to see the credits or read this article. They're going to be in a, you know, seeing a billboard or opening a magazine to see this. Like, this stuff is just little jokes for the people who are ad ad nerds. And so that they get, you know, the, what do you call it, unearned media, right? Or earned media? Earned media. What do you call it? The earned media. And I think they will. Like, we're reading this in ad week, but I'll bet you this will get play in it'll probably get a little pickup you don't have to host a uh host a um no i mean madness about commercials for this to be on talk radio but it would have anyway like it's 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 from mad men whether or not they do little jokes about it in the credits right no that's why i'm saying the the press release should emphasize that because there are i listen if i had seen this ad campaign that said past the Heinz, i've watched every episode of mad men i would have not known that i would people will recognize it i think some people will it's gonna get a lot of buzz but you need the pr for the earned media and i completely understand that but then like you keep reading this article and they keep on saying and all these little cheeky things in the press release and like by crediting things and actually like not even in the press release but I think in an interview saying you know this idea was great 50 years ago but it's really the time now just like no you're an adult talking to another adult (laughs) let's not pretend that this was an ad campaign that was around 50 years ago just say this is really cool this is going to like spark the base we love the idea right try not to live in the fiction don't live in the fiction say like as we're ad people we love to that show to see it and sometimes you almost forget that it's fiction like you can say all these very earnest things that does not blow out don't the, pretend the, you had a drink with don draper which one of these people does exactly and they even say you know kind of joked about oh i had a drink with don I'm just like oh god so oh they're just so cute and in love with it and it turns out when they sent their press release out to it like to ad week it was all typed up in like an old typewriter font possibly i don't know if they said it actually done on a typewriter or just a typewriter font but i'm just kind of like yeah i think you put it perfectly perfectly thieves don't live in the fiction just say why you think it's a cool idea and be honest about it now but the we've com- other hot we've take, completely skipped over the, yes. the truly offensive part of this you campaign. and i both had the same hot take on this i will let you describe it describe that so there are three prints there are right? three prints and they're this they're the same prints that were shown in the show in the Mad Men show the first one is uh, a close-up of some crinkle-cut fries. They look delicious. They look so damn good. I just want to eat a huge pile of them with Heinz ketchup. So score one for Heinz. There's no ketchup. You just see the dry. I do think it's a great campaign. Just the dry fries, and it says pass the Heinz. Um, there's another one that's a, a burger that looks really good. The bun is all crisp. It's got melty cheese on it. And again, like perfect. I would eat that burger. I would put fry, put ketchup on it. And then there's the third picture, which is a close-up of a medium-rare piece of steak, which beautifully looks cooked, great, by the way. Which looks beautifully cooked. I will not be putting ketchup on my steak. I'm not Donald fucking Trump. I know this. That uh, you and I had the same exact reaction. I'm just like, and also. Like, the only time you would even think about putting ketchup on your steak would be if somebody really ruined your steak. Yeah. At somebody's house or a restaurant. It would, or it would have to be a last-ditch effort to save but this, the steak. But this is like a, this really close-up shot. No, I've had a lot of bad I. steaks. I just add more salt. And actually, maybe some like some nice spicy, like Coleman's mustard or something like that. Maybe mustard, that would, you know, A1, pick um, your pick. Yeah, or horseradish or something like that. But and what really drives me crazy is, like, this isn't just medium rare. Like, this is... 
on, on the rarer side of medium rare, how you and I like it. So it's not like even an old school, like cooked to death steak, like a Donald Trumpy steak. It's like a beautifully cooked steak that looks so good. Like you do not need any no. sauce on this, let alone ketchup. It's offensive. It's offensive. I'm triggered. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Too shy to sing along now. I don't know why. I used to love singing along, and the words keep People catching in my throat. I don't know why. Anyway, it's time to check in with the ad council. That's what that song means. Uh, what have people been sending us, Veeves? Well, I want to start with the discussion that was happening in the Facebook group around the Doctor Doctor song. Doctor Doctor. <laughs> you know, the one thing is, we probably have some new listeners who have no idea what you're talking about. So we should probably say that this is from right. an episode we did um, when you were playing the ad doctor. Doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. Doctor, doctor, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. We just, li- just listen to the doctor's what response. What should I do? <laughs> I will give her a sweet pill to make her better. Yes, make her better. <laughs> okay, so I just found that I needed a song to get into a segment. I guess we call what do we call it? We call it like ad doctor. Or no, ad medicine. Right? Ad medicine. And yeah. you were going to be like the ad doctor who was going to take uh, commercials and fix them. And uh, I just found that randomly, and nothing brought me more joy. And yes. po- probably still to this day, that was about a month ago. Yes, the, the our love and, and hatred and complicated feelings about the Doctor Doctor song quickly overshadowed the its original purpose. Right. Um, and I, I think the same thing has sort of been true for our listeners. Um, we heard from listener Taylor, um, who uh, who was one of our one of our top. Top ad counselors. Yeah, I know. We need to keep, come up with like a, a special title for her, <laughs> I think. And she'd be like, uh, well, whatever. We'll figure it out. Taylor, um, get at us. What do you want your title to be? Uh, she says she's being driven crazy by hearing the Dr. Doctor song outside of our podcast. Uh, and apparently her husband is, quote, totally into trolling me with it. Like if we're in the kitchen and I'm like, hey, can you fix that? Next thing I know, it's Dr. Doctor. <laughs> and then it's stuck in my head. And I just cannot. And she's jealous of everyone who loves it as it makes her want to scrape her brain out. So, Taylor, I'm really sorry that we just played it again. Uh, she said outside the podcast. We played it in the podcast, so it's okay. And I know that I want to... I think that Taylor should be our chief marketing officer. All right. Because she's like the number one proponent of the show. She goes on to other media to promote our show for That's us. True. She's burning up the tweeters promoting our show. Congratulations, Taylor. Yes. You've just been promoted it does not come with a raise um so uh, a few other listeners uh piped up and uh listener matt sings it around the house but goes unchallenged apparently uh listener jonathan saying says um, that song brings unqualified joy to my heart even when i just think about it maybe because i've been using it to torment my husband who at first didn't understand but has now developed a stockholm syndrome like affection for it. that's what it does <laughs> he says it's like a bad pun it hurts so good that's exactly what it does. Um, listener Corinne says, not to brag, but it's all peace and harmony at our house. My spouse and I share a deep love of the song and enjoy singing it often. Sure, our adult kids act as though we've taken leave of our senses, but we've never particularly cared for those people anyway. And anything we can do to sow discord in the family unit, I mean, obviously, we're very happy to be doing that. 
Um, so I have good news for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to play the Dr. Doctor song again. And Wait, ever? What? Well, today. Instead, <laughs> we're going to play something that Brendan, listener Brendan, brought to our attention, which I guess is the same artist um, about uh, who works at the airport. So these come from, I think these come from over, uh, clearly overseas, right? Yeah. This says it's ABC uh, songs for children, but I think it's like from uh, ABC is Aus- Australian broadcasting company. But my guess is this is Northern European. Anyway, let's take a listen. This is the uh, airport one. The music's very different. Mm-hmm. Children, but the singing is Who not. Works at the airport. For the record, the animation is just as troubling yes. as the music. Who works at the airport? It's not you and me. <laughs> That's a weird line it is right such there. A weird line. Because I mean, I guess it's for kids, and no kids. If a kid is working in an airport, then there's probably some labor laws there. But being still, violated. it sort of says like airport work is not for us mere mortals. Don't you feel like? Oh, I thought the opposite. I thought it was kind of like, you know, we're not slumming it in the airport job. So let me tell you about these folks. Well, I Either guess it's way, open to interpretation. You're putting a line between us and airport workers when you should maybe be encouraging kids to look into Maybe this it's not these possible... particular kids who all have crazy eyes. <laughs> they do. They they definitely shouldn't be flying a plane with the eyes like that. Who works at the airport? Who all will we see? Luggage carriers, take <laughs> there my it is. bags for me. There it is. Attendants, bring food for me. Controllers, watch the planes for me. Sweepers, keep the airport clean. Pilots, fly the planes so high. Oh my god. This is as far as I've gotten. Oh, I had never gotten to the flute solo. Oh, that's bad. That's doing something bad to my ears. Oh my god, is somebody sending a fax? There's a sound of a dial-up modem. Who works at the airport? It's not you and me. Who works at the airport? Who all will we see? That part, like, it's amazing how, like, melodic that part is knowing how low it's going to go again, right? Yeah, I mean, it's That's not, the amazing it's thing. They've great, lowered the bar. But it is better than the, the part where they just list the people who work at the airport. Are they going to list anymore? Luggage carriers, take my bags for me. Oh, I think it's just a repeat of this. Are they just repeating the same? They, they couldn't even think of more than four people who work at the they airport. They think of a verse two? No. Oh, I'm disappointed in that. I'm disappointed in that. I got to say, nothing will ever replace Dr. Doctor. I just like, I mean, that's good. Don't My life is better for having heard that, but it's no. <laughs> oh, no, I promised we wouldn't. What should I do? Tell me. That's why I had to play it. Um, all right. This is uh, moving on. This is from listener Michael. Um, and I would say that he is reporting from the pedantry desk. Maybe we could make him our chief pedant, <laughs> um, which I love. I'm a huge, huge fan of pedantry. 
Um, we talked about that um, Mailchimp ad where they use kind of rhyming rhyming words to just make mm-hmm. you remember the name of the product. Jail blimp. Jail blimp being one of them. Um, Mail shrimp. Mail shrimp. In the jail blimp ad, the little girl uh, with the who's who's like whacking the blimp the blimp pinata breaks it open with her stick, and a bunch of uh, jail prisoners come out of the blimp. Mm-hmm. But as Michael points out, one problem with the jail blimp commercial is that it's not a blimp. Call me nitpicking if you want, but a blimp, which is technically a pressure airship, is a powered, steerable, lighter-than-air vehicle whose shape is maintained by the pressure of the gases within its envelope. A blimp has no rigid internal structure. If a blimp deflates, it loses its shape. The airship in the ad uh, has an internal structure, or at least one that's implied. And he's right. Like when they like when the prisoners break out, like it looks like it's kind of a like a hard structure. Yeah, it's like a zeppelin, really. Like a zeppelin or any kind of rigid dirigible. Um, and if he says, if the whole point of your ad is to show a blimp in an unusual setting, at least show an effing blimp, which brings us to an interesting news tie-in. Yes, and this is a one of those weird coincidences. I saw this article this morning. We talked about it on TBTL today. Um, Goodyear just retired its last blimp. And when you see that headline, you're like, what? No more Goodyear blimp? Well, it turns out it's exactly to Michael's point. There, you know, Goodyear used to have real blimps, things that would only look inflated if they were filled with the gas the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, over the years, they've been slowly replacing them one by one with semi-rigid dirigibles. Am I saying that right? I think it's so. It's really hard to say. Yeah. Semi-rigid Which is, dirigibles. And the, your very difficulty with it explains why they're still calling it the blimp. Exactly. And so just, I believe it was this weekend or maybe it was yesterday, they um, actually let the air out for the final time of their last actual blimp. And you're still going to see the Goodyear blimps. One uh, dazzling detail, actually, that we were talking about on the other show was... Uh, one of the uh, plus sides is, first of all, it can go a lot faster, but also the engines are way quieter, so it won't be distru- it won't be as disruptive at golf tournaments. Apparently, the blimps were making so much noise that it was messing with golfers who were going to like take their final putt. Oh or no, whatever. tragedy! <laughs> anyway, I thought that was really interesting. So um, Michael's point is absolutely right. Like it's technically not a blimp because when she breaks it open, it would have just all deflated or spun out. Like but on a the other hand, now blimps don't exist anymore. So. The thing that it well, was in the commercial is considered a blimp. Blimps now. exist. Goodyear doesn't own no. every blimp in the world, but Goodyear, the blimps spokesperson, are, blimps actually, are done. <laughs> uh, the spokesperson actually said, "Like, yeah, we're going to keep calling them blimps because semi-rigid dirigibles doesn't exactly trip off the tongue." Yes. Um, so thank you, Michael, and uh, very timely. Um, let's close out here with uh, a voicemail from listener Aaron. Hi, this is Aaron. I'm calling from Thomasville, Georgia. You guys made such a big deal about ad counselor Amy leaving a voicemail last time that I thought instead of leaving my feedback on today's episode on the Facebook page, I would call and leave you a voicemail. So you are welcome. Uh, We like it. Can I remind everybody what the phone number is, by the way? 607-444-5597. Look who got her feedback in the ad council. That's right. 607-444-5597. Nine seven. All right, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> all right, we'll listen to the rest. Um, my feedback is that about the ads that Walmart did with the similar receipt. I like Genevieve. Think that the baby monitor was. Um, I know it doesn't make any logical sense, but I think that the baby monitor was. They were looking at a baby from another time, or maybe it was one of them as a baby. 
that's kind of what I took away from it. Um, there's another episode of, there's another version of that commercial where a little boy finds it and there's some sort of aliens involved. And he's also looking at a baby laughing on the monitor, which I took to be from another time or another dimension. I'm not sure. You're right. It doesn't make any sense, Andrew, but that's what I took away from it. So I love the show. I look forward to every episode and you guys are doing a great job. Thanks. Bye. So do you remember the ad she's talking yeah, about? Yeah, of course. It's like a post-apocalyptic kind of ad. Right. These kids are looking at a couple baby of different, monitor. Three different filmmakers made ads based on the same um, hypothetical Walmart receipt. Uh, was it Walmart? Yeah, and they had to fi- they had to figure Walmart. out it was Walmart. And they had to figure out a way to get all of the items on this receipt into their mini film, right. like these little mini films. And we debated about whether the the baby monitor in the in the post apocalyptic scene was of a current baby being monitored or of a past baby being recorded. Because both scenarios kind of work. It's this post apocalyptic world. There are no adults around. There are no other humans around except for these what three or four little kind of um like kids kids that are kind of like you know rag taggy and very uh mad maxi kind of kids and so then they huddle around this baby monitor at the end after finding batteries it's like for dry it. land and water world and yeah and they're watching uh, and they're watching this baby on the monitor and they're mesmerized by it but i still think and, and listen i'm not trying to fight with aaron she left us a voicemail like she's my favorite but Either scenario sort of works for this mini movie, this mini narrative of these kids finding a certain kind of hope. Although mine is actually more hopeful. If they're gathered around That's watching a video. That's what I mean about video, Dry Land yeah. being oh, like, really? like a reference to something that is like apocryphal but potentially really exists somewhere. Oh, really? See, I've never actually seen that movie. I heard it's actually kind of... It's kind of like Mad Max on the water, right? Yeah, it's a good description. But it's not as it's not obviously as well made. Anyway, uh, whereas mine is kind of more of a hopeful kind of thing. This idea that like somewhere out there there is life. We found this thing that transmits, and that's what a baby monitor does on a smaller level. It transmits an image that is live, something that's going on right now in another room. Only maybe that's happening somewhere else in whatever land they're in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's open to interpretation. Yeah, clearly. Uh, anything else? Um, that's it for uh, for me. All right, let's get out of here. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Okay, I'm gonna give that number one more time. Get at us on the voicemail line six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. Six zero. Oh, you want to do it? Do it. <laughs> no, do it. Do it. Do it. Six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. You can always find us on Facebook at After These Messages Show. It's the group, and you can always email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. And I wanted to make a special plug for an organization that I'm involved with. It's called New Beginnings. Um, it's a nonprofit that helps the survivors of domestic violence start new lives, uh, safe from their abusers. If you're in Seattle and you're here on Friday, April 21st, and would like to uh, have a good time and, and also help out the uh, survivors of domestic violence through our uh, through this nonprofit, we're having our annual cocktail party and auction fundraiser. Uh, it's at the Mohai, which is a really fun uh, fun venue. Museum of History and Industry. I believe the Museum of History and Industry um, in South Lake Union. The tickets are ninety dollars. Uh, you can register at newbegin.org/ignite. Ignite is the name of the event. Uh, and I would love to see you there. And if you uh, if you decide you would like to come, drop me a line uh, at, at the um, after these messages 
uh, Gmail and let me know you'll be there. So basically, so ninety bucks goes to the organization. It all goes you're not to, buying a ticket. You're you're donating. You're donating, and you're also cost. and you're going to have a good time. But yes, the all, are you trying to sell yourself here a little bit? Are you trying to say, hey, <laughs> are you trying to kind of hijack this event a little bit and turn it into like come meet Genevieve of after these messages? Absolutely not. That is uh, that is. I would love to meet any of our listeners, of course, but I'm I just really want to get as many people supporting this excellent cause as I can. So you heard it, guys. For ninety dollars, Genevieve okay. will pretend. That she likes you, and we can make. Oh no, the pretending costs extra. <laughs> no, actually, uh, it is a really good cause, and of course, uh, of course, we'll be there. Um, all right, everybody. First of all, Vives, good luck with the event, uh, and everybody, we will uh, talk to you guys next Tuesday. Bound to be found like a brown John Belushi. Kofi Faluja, Kofi Faluda, Truthy, Cooley, Morflows, and Luda. What good is all your money if your style still tasteless? I celebrate the fact I moved into my mama's basement.